just gonna wait a little bit for everything to load in and everybody to show up I hope uh, my audio is good let me just uh, send out a quick little tweet that we're live we are live ladies and gentlemen for those watching on any other platform but twitch welcome we're just waiting for the stream to warm up a little bit this is the voice of Yamato, episode 15. It's uh, been a while. It's definitely been a while. The last one I did was with Verius. I was still in Berlin, right before we left for Iceland. Time flies. It certainly does. It's uh, a great honor for me to bring this to you guys. This is, um, of course, an ad-free experience on YouTube. Because I wouldn't want you guys to, you know, let's say you fall asleep to me or something. And then all of a sudden, wee-oo, 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 alert. And my timing is uh, sublime. We have an alert. I don't know how to shut that noise off, but that's uh, just uh, an eyes to me. <laughs> 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 Let me just uh, try to remove um, the alert sound to make it lower. <laughs> That's just, I don't know. I don't know the odds of that happening. It's just too insane. Let me uh, figure it out. So, of course, I wanted to add free on YouTube. I don't know how to do it on Twitch. Uh, Twitch is live, so you guys, uh, you know, figure it out. You guys need to suffer a little bit. Uh, let me just try to remove whatever just happened the little sh sea shanty sound we're gonna lower the volume of it to make sure but did you guys you guys did you hear uh the 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 sea shanty sound did you hear it i'm just making sure i'm not crazy alert delay subscriptions sound volume all right let's let's lower that to a little 10 percent and of course thank you so much for your subscription and also treat of goes for your chair all right on today's agenda we're going to have uh, fanatic 2021 we're going to have uh, worlds in general right worlds in general is always exciting you know what's going on is that one just going to win it all do I have a different opinion? And then just off-season. Off-season, also more generally speaking about what's going on in the world. And um, that's also super exciting. We have uh, the Bjergsen news. We have the uh, G2 roster. We have so many things moving and going on that, you know, it's completely, you know, mental. It's uh, very crazy indeed. So now, I think the stream has warmed up enough. The voice of Yamato begins now. Episode 15, Battlecruiser Operational, indeed. I've uh, missed doing this. This is good fun. 
This is good fun indeed. Ad free on YouTube. I'm going to figure that out so you guys uh, don't need to, you know, get crazy if you're going to fall asleep to my voice or some shit like that, you know. I don't like uh, having ads interrupting. Like, I personally use YouTube Premium. I use YouTube Premium for this. And, um, you know, YouTube Premium is great. But not everyone wants to pay for YouTube Premium. So my idea is I'm going to pull up this uh, YouTube membership thing if people want to support it. Not necessary at all. You don't need to support me. Uh, you watching is just enough. I am well off, you know. I don't, you know. Money is great, but I'm well off. I am fed. I have clothes on my back. You know, I have a roof over my head. Uh, soon, uh, actually, this roof is gone because I'm moving out. But generally speaking, I'm good. So there's no necessity to support only if you feel like it. So let's start with Fnatic 2021. I'm going to pull up uh, Twitter because I know that a lot of you guys had questions. But it's important, you know, in this conversation chat that we focus on the topic at hand. So we're going to start with Fnatic 2021. Let's focus on Fnatic 2021. I know it's a tough ask. But um, let's try. All right, let's try. So let me just uh, uh, scroll down my tweets. I've been tweeting a little crap. Uh, what do we talk about on Voice of Yamaha? Let me pull that up. So th this year had, uh, you know, I, I feel like I went through five years of esports in this year alone. And uh, I feel very honored that uh, I was allowed to participate in this. You know, generally speaking, my life in esports has, you know, been crazy. But maybe that's just how everyone's experiences. So I've. I look back at my career and I've been through so much. But at the same time, I don't know if I can say so much because it's, you know, it's never fair to compare. Everyone's individual experience is, you know, unique to them. And it's going to be, you know, in some shape or form, you know, the limit of how much they can challenge themselves. You know, I think back, you know, back in season one, two, that was the wild, wild west. Many times I got fucked over back then. A lot of people still owe me money to this day. They can go fuck themselves, all of them, because I'm not going to see that money. Thank you very much for your subscription, Robert. Uh, 22 months. Pretty insane. I'm just going to mute the alert box now because I am worried that... I am going to get too distracted. But thank you. So season one and two, a lot of people fucking still owe me money to this day. Uh, they can go eat shit, you know? I hope, I hope they found peace with that money and I hope uh, at some point they feel better about themselves or improve themselves or they are down a path of um, making some kind of life improvement i hope so jeez i'm just noise after noise I, I don't know what happened that is uh oingo boingo brothers just gave me ten dollars thank you very much mm, that's 
a part of the money that uh, the people that I talked about uh, owe me. Anyhow, so season one and two was the Wild Wild West, but I was carried by the dream and the thought of what would come if, like, basically the rumors of the league, the league that is coming, Riot is going to give us money, money, money. And money seems like such an arbitrary thing, but uh, money can indeed buy happiness. Especially when you have uh, parents at your throat wanting you to become uh, a doctor, you know. Go for law tournaments, ESL paid me after nine months. You know, there was, it was all that jazz. And uh, there was the monthly tournaments. There was a bunch of tournaments. Uh, I remember winning RP. That was cool. That was uh, super, super cool. Uh, I didn't feel like I thanked Uncle Bogo Brothers enough for the ten dollars. Thank you very much. You, that's that's insane, dude. Ten dollars is a lot of money. I'm, you just pay for my my shitty Starbucks. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I did indeed play a lot of um, Go for Lord tournaments. I played any tournament I could uh, put my hands on. I remember I was getting DDoSed by. People that won't be mentioned. I was getting DDoS. I was getting, you know, I was playing on a fucking 30 FPS monitor. You know, the, the ones that are probably radioactive. They're probably, probably re radioactive, you know? And um, it was good times. You know, it was Wild Wild West. Season 3, you know, Dragon Ball, like Team Solo Mebdi. Like, my, my career is riddled with situations where how could I possibly, you know, it's just, I keep reflecting on it. Could I have seen it happen? But I feel no regret. You know, Team Solomabdi was also hilarious. Right? We just we just got, three, three guys just got permabanned because Riot, you know, Riot's rules were that um, we could just bring any player we wanted. Like, there was no roster period lock. There was, uh, you know, nothing uh, going on, you know. And uh, all in all, what occurred to us was, uh, you know, obviously this this team we are going to get in trouble, right? So I I made cl I made sure with every channel in Riot Games, like the esports and, and the esports side of everything. I don't remember the specifics, but everything was cleared. It was like as long as you guys don't get banned, you're in the clear. You guys get to play. So like my homies didn't play solo queue, you know, and. Eventually, Riot and A went, went over the head of Riot EU because back then it was just Riot and A decides everything. Riot EU is the little Chihuahua dog that they have by their by a leash, you know. So they just went over their head and they had to ban three. So they couldn't ban Wheel Failure because he was, uh, you know, he was high profile. You know, Wheel Failure was, uh, you know, part of the world uh, world championship winning team back in season one. Fnatic, Bram de Winter, my homie. And then I was pretty, you know, decently known. And uh, so they just chose the the fifth guy, which was El Mupo. They had to ban three. So there was Jensen, who got banned for obvious reasons, right? The, not obvious reasons, but like he had like the DDoS accusations. He got a lot of permanent ban counts and so forth. And then there was Darkwing Jacks, right? So they had a lot of ammunition. They had plenty of ammunition that, in my mind, I you know, diffused, right? I diffused this ammunition. And and then they had to ban a third, which was El Mupo, 
and that was made no sense. I guess he's got panel band. I guess he doesn't write, doesn't doesn't say anything, right? So that's another like point in time where you get hit by a shocker, right? You bootcamp for a month and we prepared and all that shit and uh, it just uh, didn't matter, right? In a different universe, yes, we we would uh, we were talking with Navi. We would be joining Navi. We would go to the uh, IEM in Brazil. I would have visited Brazil once in my life, which is uh, incredibly unique. And uh, all in all, you know, uh, it would have changed the the timeline completely. You you continue. You know, I had the whole meet, meet your maker situation happen to me. I went to coach meet your makers which was uh, absolutely bollocks as well, right? You had the meet your mother thing and everything that was going on. Like I had a player that wanted to leave to, to, to North America, right? And it was one day before we are playing. It's just a complete, you know, fiesta, you know? It's just, it was, it was a madness. This is, this is the year I picked up smoking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, once again, a situation which, you know, just occurs a challenge occurs you know a challenge occurs along the way and then eventually you know rocket i really wanted to work with rocket because nuktak was there and i knew this roster had so much potential than what they showed i was like yo what, what's going on with rocket why are they in relegation i legit had to walk to the door i knocked on the door i was like hey hey give me a tryout right now you know obviously it wasn't that dramatic I wrote them and so forth. And then after the tryout, we're like, okay, let's rock and roll. Let, let's do this shit. Let's, um, let's, uh, let's play the, let's play the splits. And that was a good split, you know, but the rough part was, you know, so I joined the team and basically th- there was a situation where roster lock, there was a roster lock. And the players were in a state of mind that they were not longer playing it with each other. And they didn't end things in a good manner. So I had to bring people together that inherently already have committed to the idea of not playing with each other. So that was, that was a madness. Because I come into the team, it's like, yo, there's a roster lock. Why, why, are, why is half the team not here? It's like, yeah, we sent them home because we, we are making changes. What? I was like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. We got to bring them back. Got to bring them back. We got we to gotta start over. We got to start from scratch. We, we have to. <laughs> this is a new beginning. Whatever happened in the past doesn't count anymore. New beginning. We need to win relegation. So that was a mess too. Eventually, you know, Rocket, we did fine. I think we did well. We took Origins five games. Could have ended differently, you know. Who knows? It was it was a, a fine split. And then uh, go on to Splice. And that was a very, very fun journey, you know. We we conquered a lot of issues along the way. And that, that was just a very, very good, memorable time, you know. And then uh, going into the next year, uh, you know, we... There was a, that's when the vitality journey started, and uh, eventually, you know, I brought on Jizuke, Attila, Gilius, and we kept Cabo and Jack Troll, and you know, and Kikis, and we we had an amazing journey there too. And then, you know, 2019, we also ran into a lot of problems, you know, a lot of a lot of things to learn from. You know, that's that's the thing. All of these things that I'm sharing with you guys about my journey is is things that I feel I have learned 
from so much. So, so much. We had 2018. Fantastic, you know? Jizuke, after the Worlds, he just went to bootcamp in Korea. He just went to bootcamp in Korea, the madman, and uh, he just uh, went uh, went ballistic, you know? The reason Jizuke told me is like, yo, if we play against rookie on stage, I don't feel ready. I need to be ready. If we go to the World Championship next year, I need to be ready, right? And... Um, And that's um, so important, you know, that uh, that drive, that drive, I I love it. It's a big part of why I love Jizuke. You know, many reasons I love Jizuke. Jizuke is very dear to me. And then we walked into 2019. A lot of the things, you know, we, we brought in Mowgli and, you know, there was a lot of things that we could have done better. And I was ready to do those things better and ready to learn those things. And the players were ready to learn those things, but I wasn't given the opportunity to put that into place. Vitality uh, chose to uh, enact a clause that was very late in, uh, uh, into the offseason, which is completely fine. I, I have no bad feelings towards Vitality. A lot of love to Fabien, you know, a lot of love to Nicolas. You know these 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 two guys are my homies. You know they invited me uh, to to Paris. They were uh, fantastic. You know they they really it, it was a joy to be in Vitality. Uh, it, it it truly was. And um, I was left in a situation. You know, I was left in a situation. They set me up uh, to be good. You know, they they helped me uh, financially uh, to to go into the COVID era without. Uh, you know, uh, falling apart, which is very good. They uh, they treated me well, you know. No hard feelings at all. But once again, another situation where, you know, it just happened. Things that maybe were outside of my hands, but they just happened, right? Another challenge was thrown in my direction. And then I was like, okay, the teams that are interested in me, I'm really not interested in. I believe my doorbell rang. So, put a pin in. Next thing, uh, basically, uh, I had the worst possible year to go freelance because COVID hit. You know, when I, when I think when I thought of do going freelance was I'm gonna do content, I'm gonna travel, I'm going to be all over the place, I'm gonna do events, I'm gonna keep busy, you know. 
and then COVID hit. Boom. You're locked in a cage. And I was like, okay, I got to do what I got to do with this. I'm just going to do content and then uh, I'm going to, you know, just try to figure it out, right? Another challenge. Another challenge. And then, of course, I was very fortunate. There was a big opportunity uh, for me to go to uh, North America. But um, this was like between uh, spring and summer in 2020. There was a big opportunity for me to go to North America. And I was ready to take it. We, we had everything in ink, everything ready to go. But then everything escalated. COVID escalated. The travel ban escalated. And it just didn't make uh, sense you know because it would just be riddled with too many issues once again a point in someone's life where everything could have shifted somehow you know everything could have played out different everything could have been different and then sandbox opportunity came along and that was oof what a blessing to be able to go to the lck and to you know live in that environment was truly, truly something, you know, I will cherish for the rest of my life. That's something that uh, definitely I want to uh, relive. Definitely something that I want to relive. And then Fanatic 2021 started after Sandbox. Because me staying in Korea and traveling back and forth to obligations I have over here didn't make a lot of sense. So I couldn't uh, continue with, with the sandbox. And at the same time, Fnatic was just something that I've dreamed about for a very long time. The reason I told you guys all of this is that sometimes things don't play out as you expect them to. And that's okay. As long as you can look at yourself and tell yourself that you did your absolute best. As long as there's that dwelling in your own regret and dwelling in what could have been is a losing game it truly is a losing game so this year expectations right joining fanatic I'm, I, I've said publicly that I set my expectations wrong for what spring would have played out and in that I lost myself in my own expectations and I think that was the issue for us the entire spring split you know everyone had very set expectations for what it would be and when those expectations were fulfilled and also not fulfilled it made the situation a lot heavier than it should have been there was a lot of luggage from the past years, past alterations from Fnatic. But one person is already enough to change a whole dynamic. A dynamic is how people interact and how they are in their role in a specific group, right? How, how, how the roles are distributed and how everything, you know, pans out. And there was a lot of things all of us could have done a lot better in spring, but it didn't pan out for us, right? The big thing was, you know, we we had a mixture of ideas. Our energy wasn't concentrated in the same place. I lost myself in that too. And it was once again a very, very big 
learning opportunity uh, that all of us had you know for self-made for me for the players for, for, for everybody that was involved it was something to learn from you know every opportunity like every every experience that you have is an opportunity to learn from i really want to drill that in you know because anywhere along the way i pride myself on the idea that i know that there's plenty of people any along the way that would have would have broke you know they would have just been broken but i fight through you know and that's something that has made me stronger you know and then we proceed into summer right we know that um we were talking about making changes and looking at what we could do different, but the most important thing for me was that we learned from spring, that we set the right expectations, that we make a commitment to one another and that we support each other no matter what we're going through. That was very important to me to, to set clear in summer. Very important. Because in the end, you know, we... That's, that's what makes or breaks a team. When a team is together, it's, it's more than just a job, you know? It's, it's so much more than just, you know, being professional, being on time, and, and just doing your thing, and then not engaging in anything else. We are living a life where players and staff are sacrificing everything they have to be there for so many hours. It's a very time-consuming and life-consuming way of, of, of living, you know? It's just being in League of Legends esports if you want to compete at the highest level. If you want to compete at the highest level, this is what is your life is going to look like. You gotta live the game. And when that's the case, it's important that you are in an environment where people back you up no matter what you're going through they back you up they're there for you when you're showing weakness that the response is strength you know just because you will repay them the same and that was so important to me coming into summer that we are committed to each other the same way i function in the capacity of of fanatic you know fanatic score is of course a business right and they have to act in their own best interest and there might be a, a day where, uh, you know, uh, who knows, right? There might be a day where, where there's a business decision or something along the line because they, they have to protect the company, right? But in my mind, the way I operate and the way I function is that I need to, to work in an environment as if this is my final job, this is my final you know, final home, this is my final destination, because this is the only way you give yourself completely to what's going on, right? It's the only way you give yourself completely to what's going on and truly want to elevate every aspect of your environment. And the same way for players. Players need to 
function in the capacity as if they're not going to ever play with someone else besides the person next to them. And to elevate that person, make that person better, that's something that is a group project, right? Every issue, every personal issue is a group issue, right? And this is the biggest lesson from spring coming into summer. And the tricky thing always with esports is that the personality traits that get celebrated and the the personality traits that uh, truly are, you know, wow, this guy is so good. Look at his numbers. Look at his... This is, you know... Ego has no place, you know? <laughs> Ego has no place in, in a team game. But nevertheless, right? The, the core idea of it is off-seasons come and off-seasons change things and then off-season uh, makes moves because there's so many moving out aspects and people have things to, to care about on a personal note and so forth, right? And um, that commitment to your teammates is, is, is truly at the core of, of, of success, you know? Taking responsibility for your teammates and everything that's going on around you. Of course, that requires the deepest level of motivation that uh, you need to strive for perfection no matter what. Never complacency. I know for a fact, if it ever happens, if I win a world championship, I'll be happy for the moment and then... I'll just want to win a second one. That's the nature of my drive, right? And that's also something that is essential to a team's success, that drive to never be complacent, to always strive for more, always strive for better. And that's important. So summer went well, right? Summer went very well. We had good success. Whippo role swapping. And uh, Whippo is, is, you know, one of a kind. There's very few players where I would be like, yo, if you role swap to jungle, you're going to be fucking insane at it. I remember people, it was, it was so fun, you know, it's so fun when I get to tweet something, I just know it's right. And the majority thinks I'm wrong and I can just, ooh, you know, take a moment and bask in that. Ooh. It's nice. <laughs> it's a little guilty pleasure, pleasure of mine. And I was like, yo, Hilly and Buipo is going to be one of the strongest mid, I mean, super jungle duels in the world. And probably the best one in Europe too. People are like, yo, you are mad. G2 is going to take a big dump on you guys. <laughs> yes. Now, Whippo, that was a no-brainer for me. This guy is going to be, you know, crazy jungler. This guy just has so much information and knowledge about the game that he's capable of utilizing because he thinks so critically about everything that is going on around him. He's, he's never complacent with information. And that might seem as something so simple, but it's not. Complacency with information is, I 
like th there's certain things in life, right? It's like, okay, I drink water because it's good for me. I need to stay hydrated because a lot of systems in my systems in my body require water to operate, right? But further than that, I don't know, right? It's very surface level information of why I need water, right? And obviously in this case, we don't need to know more than that in order for us to drink water. But how Bipo would view it is, why does he drink water? He would go deep, deep, deep into it, right? A lot of players do something for a very long time and eventually they reach a point is they do it because it's good. They do it because they think it's good. They, 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 they feel like it's good. There's, there's very little explanation past that. Wibu can always elaborate. He can always think about why and, and how. And, and this type of thinking process allows you to explore opportunities in everything. And that's what makes Wibu so fucking brilliant. And that's, you know, I, I just described what, what your jungler needs, right? They need to look at the canvas of the game. The canvas of the game and see opportunity. Because the game inherently plays, plays out itself in a very specific manner, but at the same time there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of elements into it where you need to be very, very good at the game in order to see opportunity. And that's also, of course, don't get me wrong, it's very important about for in every position too, but this made me think, yo, Bipo Jungle is going to be a natural fit. We brought in Adam, a wild stallion, and uh, we managed to piece together something good. Even even in, in summer, we, uh, we had some struggles, right? Everyone lost faith in Fnatic because we went 8-1 and one at some point, and then we just lost a couple of games, and then we, you know, uh, we recovered. And that journey we went on, it was so important, right? That journey we went on was so important because along the way we learned so much. The five games against Vitality, very important. Five games against Misfits, very important. Five games against G2, also important for our growth as individuals and as a group. We felt ready for so much more. That we, the day came against, we play against Rogue, we knew we would win. We knew we would win. 3-0, boom. In the ground. Maybe we wouldn't 3-0 them. In a world where we didn't go through those best of fives. We didn't go through the issues in summer. Maybe we, if we didn't go through those issues in spring. right? Maybe. right? Everything's connected somehow. Fnatic only made worlds because of G2 internal implode. Well... That's the challenge of the game, right? That's the challenge of, of being a group and we're trying to achieve something greater together is piecing it together, right? It's such a big meme, Better Mental Wins, but it, it goes such a long way. It goes such a long way. Making sure that your team is in the right state of mind is a challenge. And the teams that don't manage to, to do that, you know, that's a part of the game.
and you know we bg2 twice in summer but nevertheless right in 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 spring we also had a fantastic roster but we didn't manage to piece it together right we didn't manage to piece it together we were too late and we lost against schalke 3-0 which is very embarrassing Coming into the Mad Lions final, you know, the, the schedule was very rough. We had to play one best of five, go to bed, play best of five next day. And we had to wake up very early. And we had to wake up earlier than most days. We had to do rehearsals. It wasn't something that, you know, that was very tough for us. And then playing against Mad, uh, you know, we scrimmed against them and, and so forth, right? It was uh, a very difficult task, right? And I feel very ready to face Mad Lions again in the final, you know, because I want to demolish them right and then in preparation for the of course worlds you know scrims were going fantastic you know scrims were going good we had a good vibe we had good energy you know we were feeling very hopeful and energetic you know the the, the atmosphere was was good you know i was very happy with um with the where we were at in berlin we were screaming all the eu teams and na teams um C9 was doing good in scrims. Uh, honestly, like, out, out of all the Western teams, uh, I felt like C9 was the only one that could, like, fight back, you know, and do well. The, the other teams were not so impressive in, in scrims. This was uh, still in Berlin, right, when, before we went to Iceland. Because in Iceland, we actually didn't practice against any of the European teams. We only practiced against the Eastern teams and, um, and NA teams, actually. We scrimmed against NA teams. We actually scrimmed the NA teams in, in Iceland. So it's just we didn't scrim at Mad Lions and Broke. So I, I, I don't know about uh, their improvement uh, uh, throughout Iceland. But when we were in Berlin, you know, the, the, the vibe was fucking good. You know, we were, we were, we were doing well uh, in, in practice. It felt like, you know, we were uh, attacking a lot of the issues that we um, uh, wanted to tackle, right? Some of the, some of the gameplay-related... Uh, uh, problems that uh, you know we needed to solve uh, coming out of summer, right? We we were by no stretch of the imagination a perfect team, right? But so we had to to work on those things, and we did. You know, it felt good. And then we went to Iceland. You know, we started screaming some of the the Eastern teams, and what we were doing in Europe also worked against the Eastern teams. So that felt very good. We screamed against T1 and screamed against FPX. We, we did, it was, it was always, it's divided into two blocks, and the first block was always good, the second block was always a disaster. I don't know, like, uh, there was such a massive drop of energy in, in, in the second block, but it's something that, uh, you know, I felt, okay, we, we talked about it, it's like, yo, maybe we just need to ha have some time to get adjusted to the schedule, because it definitely is... Um, You know, it's, it's it's something that you need to get adjusted to, right? Uh, such a massive uh, shift in, in in schedule. And um, I I mention all of this because I felt you know I, I'm sure a lot of people are curious, but our potential with with upset was very high. Very very high. We we screamed against Namo one day, and 
keep in mind, right? I'm not saying this to say that this is how things would play out for sure, but from the level that I saw that we were capable of elevating in in, in scrims, uh, we um, would be able to cause some serious damage, like a lot of a lot of damage. And then the circumstances happened, right? The circumstances happened. There's a lot, you know, there's, there's a lot of unforeseen things that can happen in life, right? I could walk down the street and maybe this is the last voice of Yamato Yada here, right? I could get hit by a car. Of course, I'm going to do my best to not get hit by that car because I'm going to look both ways. And uh, if, if you know, I'll look both ways and make sure, do my best that it doesn't happen. But maybe, you know, someone <laughs> swerves and does something ridiculous, right? Who knows? That's life. And uh, you got to do your best in those situations. You got to prepare yourself the best you can, and then you got to do the best we can. And then you got to learn from any experience that you have. Negative positive any experience you can learn from it right positive experiences can also be dangerous right someone keeps if 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 someone keeps you know having positive experiences they keep winning you know you we've seen that breaking people too right we've seen egos getting inflated to the point where who the fuck am i even talking to who is this person i don't know who this person is we've seen Winning destroy people. We've seen losing destroying people. But in the end, they're all just experiences that you need to reflect and to, to gain and, 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 and soak in as much as possible. And the same thing for me now, right? My whole career has been a story of, of crazy things happening and me just in that moment trying to be the best version of myself and to to hopefully inspire that in everyone else that is going through that motion at the time. You know, the difficult thing, the, the, the hardest part was, the, the second hardest part, because the hardest part was, of course, lo losing Elias uh, at, the, at the World Championship. The second hardest part about it was just, it was 12 hours before. And that didn't give us a lot of time to, to reflect, you know, and, to, and, and, and really, you know, go into the situation, into the games with with some element of, of preparation. 16 hours, 12 hours, who cares, right? And I say it for anyone that didn't hear it already, is it, it was the correct decision for Elias to go home. He's, he's doing better, and that's all I'm going to say on the topic. It's, uh, it's very personal, and... Uh, the main focus I want to do is about the experience that continued when when Elias has left. So for us, right, 12 hours before, boom, we lose uh, our player that we practically, you know, played around, you know. He was a very essential part of, uh, of how we like to play and how everyone, you know, adjusted to themselves. 
and um, the tricky part is usually when something happens like that you need time you need time to to really get your values straight to think straight to to recognize who you gotta be yeah, right what is the best version of yourself you can be for this situation right that takes time we had to go to bed we had to go sleep we had to prepare right and i'm doing my best right i'm doing my best to, to scrap things together to figure something out i, I barely slept you know the day before um we're trying to piece it together you know uh, we're trying to make sure that everyone's okay everyone, everyone's the best version of themselves but it's very very tough very tough so we went to the games we played against um of course um how life it was, a, it was a fine game the yasu pick uh, definitely broke our ankles the yasu not something that we saw too much and uh, they dropped the cannon and uh I was happy uh, to put Morgan in the position where we played range champs and we had some some decent game states uh, at certain points in, in that point in time and we had a massive lead on Graves but in team fights they just uh, played a lot better than us right then we had the the, the second game um, against RNG which was just a complete mess it was just a terrible game I think the draft was not great we just uh, once again, you know, the process became, yo, let's just see what happens. Let's just pick comfort and see what happens. Maybe this is the solution, right? RNG is a very tough team. Like in, in the preparation against RNG, they're a very scary team, man. Like it's a very clean looking team. They just have, on on some positions, slightly weaker individual players, uh, which... Uh, which matters when you play at the highest level. But in terms of macro, these guys are fucking crisp. Very, very good macro play, right? Very good at connecting, very good at fogging, very good at uh, doing, uh, you know, uh, the, the basics of the game. Hovering for waves, playing for vision, uh, buying pinks and, and slowly, slowly choking the map out and, and taking care of space taking very limited risks you know that's that's something that i liked about rng and they were a tough team and at that game you know we just so that game was just shit that game was rough right we were very disconnected we were taking fights left and right and it was it's, it's a tough thing right so we move on day three once again still we're dealing with the challenge of, of the situation we're in, right? So you don't get to... When you, when you have to think about so many other things and, and care for many, so many other things in such a, such a little, like, small time window, it becomes very difficult. And, you know, in those moments, for example, Niski felt so fucking bad about that game, you know, game three against PSG. He felt so bad. But it's... it it. It was challenging for everyone to, to, to focus on those things that uh, make each player good. And I know in a, in a different circumstance, everyone could have been better. Everyone could have been better for each other. And uh, after uh, the couple of days of break, we could like get our minds straight, you know. We could actually reflect on the situation, you know. I could, I could get the message through, yo, this is not the time for us to feel pity for ourselves. We are here now. We can feel pity for ourselves when we fucking piss off home, you know. This is our chance to, you know, take this challenge upon our shoulders and fucking do something great with it, you know. 
we have an opportunity to fucking, you know, it's like climbing the tallest mountain, right? There is greatest in that. To be able to say, yo, I am going into this, doing my absolute best, and if I conquer it, what a feeling it will be, right? So with Ger- I kept repeating this. With every fucking challenge comes great opportunity. Let's fucking take this opportunity. Let's leave this fucking place with no fucking regrets. Let's put everything we did this year on the line. So we walked into that day feeling good. You know, everyone felt good. The vibe was better. Everyone was supporting each other. Everything was good, you know. We, we, they were worked hard. They really, really, really pushed themselves. And I'm so happy for that. I'm very happy about that. We didn't go through in the end, right? But we had a decent first day. We beat RNG. Boom. We beat RNG. How my life came also. Something else happens. Fuck. Could have won that too. Game against PSG. Bro. That draft was just garbage. I am so sorry for Bean. I am so fucking sorry for Bean. That we picked him Zaya. <laughs> Why is he playing Zaya in this game? <laughs> um, he's playing Zaya against Jace, Syndra, <laughs> Misfortune. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Bean. <laughs> this is the first time I saw Bean tilted, but he just didn't show it, you know. He, he was very good still. He was communicating, but I could notice just a slight, slight shift in his tone. And uh, he got so screwed. He's like the worst champion. Like, for some reason, like, we, we were all we were all goofy and shit, you know, coming into that game. We, we were so fucking goofy. Uh, like, that last game. I guess, like, some guy, yeah, Boop was like, yo! B, yo B, can you jungle, bro? I want to play Lucian. <laughs> and that's just a mix of people having mental, mental ideas. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck we were at, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yo Niski. It's like Adam. You want to play Udi jungle? I saw you play Udi jungle, bro. You want to play Udi jungle? Let me play GP. Let me play GP. It's like. It was it was a balance of should we have are we having fun or we're not having fun? It's like yo, I was like yo guys, I want to win, I want to fucking beat PSG. I just fucking help me win here. So we just so we just fucking we we picked Diego first pick right. That's pretty fucking tryout if you ask me right. This is let's fucking pick Diego, and then you know in my notes I was like PSG AD carry misfortune one trick, misfortune one trick. First pick misfortune auto win. That was in my notebook. Give the misfortune. And then it's like, yo, Adam, Adam is like, yo, I play Grace and Soul Q, bro. Just fucking lock me Grace. <laughs> Just pick me Grace, son. I was like, okay. You want Rakan? Diego? Rakan? Graves? Okay. I was like, yo, are we sure we're not going to pick um, AD carry here? We need to pick AD, you know? We need to pick Ezreal. There's not a lot of champions that are good here. I was like, we lock Graves, and then they ban, they ban AD carries, and I was like, yo, shit, Bean, what do we play? And 
Haley's like, yo, we should pick Zaya. I'm like, yeah, Zaya sounds good. Zaya Rakan. Can't go wrong with Zaya Rakan. <laughs> Not a scenario that we thought through at all. It was just my notebook was on the floor already. Pick Zaya. Now I walk off the stage. I'm like, yo, why the fuck do we have Zaya in this game? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then... <laughs> the- <laughs> The first thing I do after that game is over, I just go over to B. I was like, B, I'm so fucking sorry. You got beaned. <laughs> you got beaned. No, 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 it's not Hilly. It's not Hilly. It's just, he just brought an idea. And I was like, yo, that sounds like a great idea. Let's fucking do it. And then Bean is like, I guess Hilly and Yamaro saying it. And that's that's that was it, you know? So it's like the, the last day still ended good, you know? And either way... I look back at this year and I'm happy about the year. Everyone that was a part of the journey, you know, I'm fucking happy. So happy I got to know Selfmade. You know, he, he left us early. So happy that I got to know Adam. I'm so happy that I got to know everybody in this, in this, uh, like, story that we were a part of. I feel very close and connected to each player. And, you know, we are going to share that bond forever. You know, what we went through, we're going to share as... A bond forever. And I will cherish that forever. You know? Fucking Oscar. Oscar made me laugh so much, man. Ah, Oscar. I miss him. Hey, 2021 was, was good. It was tough. It was challenging. But tough and challenging is good um i love challenge it it makes me feel alive challenges is where you truly get to see who you are Bean as well. Bean as well. What a machine. I'm excited for what's to come for Bean. You know? Fucking Bean. I love Bean, man. This guy has um, just um, the right mentality to become great. Being the machine. Iceland was nice. We had a nice hotel. We had like a 120 euro budget. Bro, I ate like a pig. Not ate like a pig, but I ordered like a pig. And then ate. I nibbled like a pig. No, I ordered like a pig and ate like a squirrel. Bro, 120 euro a day. 120 euro a day. Not all, not the whole trip. <laughs> so basically, I would like order four meals and I would just nibble on them. And I just 
bro, I had so many fruit salads in my fridge. I just kept ordering fruit salads and I just I just kept eating fruit salads. Like my pee was bright yellow. Like it, it was I was eating so much fruit that I think it got to the point where I was eating too much fruit. And yeah, yeah per person. Per person per day. Fruit salad is just uh magnifique. I went to Sky Lagoon uh, with the homies, which was very nice too. I, um, you know, it was just, it was uh, quite, quite an experience. I beat, so basically, we were zero three, right? And then we went Sky Lagoon because I had, uh, I just wanted to take a couple of hours off before heading into work, right? I went to Sky Lagoon and there was an ice bath. And someone told me some people from 100 Thieves were in the ice bath for 15 minutes. Ooh, 15 minutes in the ice bath. And uh, fucking, I was like, I need a win. I really need a win. Like, I'm 0-3, I need a win. So I sat in that ice bath for a good solid 25 minutes all alone. Boom. Slammed them kids. Easy peasy. I needed the win. My soul needed the win. So I went to that ice bath. My balls went inside of my body. They just retracted completely. <laughs> And I could have stayed forever, man. I, I was in a place. I, I was in a place where I could have stayed forever. I was there mentally. Like, I could have stayed longer. But then, like, the security guy was like, yo, dude, this is starting to get to the point where it's not safe. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And I was like, you just want to see see my balls. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then I stood up, went to the sauna. And it was gorgeous. It was, it, was it was so nice. It was so nice. So I got a win. And then, um, yeah. Went back, prepared for the day. It was cool. I hope if if in in my rambling that water is not there's hot water and then there's a glacier pool, a little tiny pool. There's glacier cold, so it's like two degrees. Like, as close to minus before it turns into ice. So, in my rambling of, of me talking about my journey and me talking about, like, our year at Fnatic and each player, what they went through and what we went through, it's just that at any point in your life, if you are going through a challenging time, just keep trying to do your best and it will make you stronger. It will make you more prepared for what's to come. 
we never know what's coming our way and the the best thing we can do is just to try our best and as long as you try your best you're going to elevate the level of what you're capable of it's going to keep elevating that challenges push you further they push you to the point where the truest version of yourself will be revealed to you and in that lies improvement in that lies joy for me personally the pushing of of of, of limits and I feel more ready than ever for the next year. Everyone is uh, speculating if I'm staying at Fnatic or not. Guys, I have a contract. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, my friends. I'm not going anywhere. Every ending is a new beginning, my friends. You know, the, the mountain that we climbed in Iceland was well, it's such a good metaphor. Because you don't see the peak from down below. You see something that you might think the peak is. So you begin to climb. You reach what you thought was the peak. And there's another fucking mountain. You climb that shit. Another fucking mountain is waiting. And another mountain is waiting. And another mountain is waiting. Eventually we reach the peak, right? But things got easier when we focused on that one little hill that was right in front of us, right? And then eventually, you know, when we were at the top there, you look down and you could just see the journey you've taken. And that was just so beautiful. We were at the top there and we just, you look down and the car that we came in looked so small everything down there the people looked so tiny like little ants we walked up fucking six kilometers so i will take this i'm still reflecting on it you know there's a lot to reflect on uh, a lot a lot to reflect on man i um i'm very excited for the future How can I not be? <laughs> DJ Khaled and Drake said it best. We started at the bottom, now we're at the top of the mountain, but there's another one and another one and another one. Fucking comedian.
Okay. Do we talk about worlds or what? I think we talk about worlds. We can move on to the next. I believe I've covered Fnatic 2021. I've said what I want to say. And, you know, everyone that has been a part of this journey is, has a very special place in my heart. That goes out for everybody, not just the players, you know. Pete. Like the amount of time I've spent with Pete and, you know, it's, it's always one thing to view content from a person and there's a different thing. That there's a different world when you get to know them personally. And Pete is just one of a kind. You know, I know already from interacting with Pete that this is going to be a lifelong friend. You know, I want to keep him next to me. You know, I want to keep him close. Like when you when you find people that you value and cherish, you just know you want to keep keep them close. Pete is a fucking legend. Shaves is a motherfucking legend. You know, I I feel so close, and I I feel like I can trust Shaves so hard, even though he wasn't there with us in person. And that takes so much dedication, so much fucking motivation to push yourself through, even if you're not in the room. Because it's, you know, you, you feed off of the, infam the, the, the energy, you feed off of what's going on around you, and, and there's, there's certain things that, uh, that motivate you, right? Shaves was our strategic coach, and me and him, we worked together, and he worked very diligently there's a man when things were getting hard and i needed to take care of things that weren't specific to the strategic aspect he covered for me you know he's uh he's a goddamn machine i want to work with uh, Kevin for a long time once again a person that uh, I value deeply and I want to keep close people ask me about Whippo and you know Whippo's another person that uh, I value and cherish deeply and uh, he's one of those people that I want to keep close he means uh, a lot to me I care for Whippo and uh, the esports world is uh, very small. Very small. I can tell you guys, you know, I was in the hotel lobby in Iceland. And I just look across and I just see all of the players, right? From different places. And somehow, at some point, our paths crossed. I see Alfari, Team Liquid Alfari. I see, yo, this guy, back in 2000-something. I don't remember, 2015. Like, this guy was super young. He was on, like, Renegades. Like, Bandidos, or whatever the fuck it was called. And they were looking for a coach. And I wanted to... 
I want to have a sniff. I was like, Tabs is there, Afari is there. That's, that's interesting, you know? Let's, let's have a look here. But I just couldn't do it because there was a guy, I don't remember who it was, and we don't need to hang out his name, but when I was talking to the players, so basically I was like, yo, so guys, uh, when you play into, from mid into bots, you need to understand that the enemy team has two options. Either they contest you, where you will face off and you'll notice them right away, or they're going to enter the other side of the map. Either they're going to com contest or they're going to trade. And in this motion, before you find information on the bottom side, you cannot start pushing bot. You need to hover for the team and wait for key pieces of information. When players begin to show, that's when you can utilize the fact that you have a TP advantage. You have no reason to go bot because you can only go bot to die. And there was this guy that was working in their second team that was just, yeah, well, uh, what Ryamaro is trying to say, like every time I talked, he just felt the need to re-explain what I said. And I was like, guys, sorry, but I will not work in this environment. Uh, thank you very much. Best of luck to you. I'm sure you guys are going to, you know, do great. You have uh, great players. Drove me insane. It drove me so insane. Oh, man. Like, sure, he's trying to be helpful, but Jesus Christ, man. What a madness. You have mansplained. <laughs> That's one way to view it, yes. So, and then I see Jonas. Jonas coaching Team Liquid. Goddamn. This was my jungle. Back in 2016, 2017, Jonas. Head coaching TL. How the fuck did he get there? Oop. Fucking whole jet situation blew up. And then he had to step up. He had to step up. Then I see Jensen. Jensen, man. Jensen. Jensen. Fucking Team Sodomedi Jensen. But fucking you, you, you see everybody, you, you connected to everyone somehow. And I've been around for such a fucking long time that, you know, in some shape or form, there's like, you know, roots that are stretching and, you know, engulfing whole of esports. Everything's connected somehow. Fucking Jensen. <laughs> I love that you guys are starting to explain, explain in the chat. <laughs> I love this meme. <laughs> And then I see I see Perks. I met Perks. You know when I met Perks? I met Perks 2015? 2015. I am Cologne. I am Cologne. That's when I first met Papa Smithy. That's the first time I met Froskuren. That's the... First time I saw Doimbi. Shaogu Reapers. I believe Doimbi was there. With Swift and Doimbi. And then I saw ESC Ever. Perks was the sub for Shifter. What on earth? He was the sub for Shifter. No offense, Shifter. I love you, man. No, I don't. But you seem like a cool dude. But Perks was on your bench, homie. Pax was on your bench. How's that allowed? And Kirei was there too. Kirei was there. 
That's when I met Perks. And then I see him in the lobby. And we're playing this board game called Secret Hitler. I don't know if that's allowed, that's okay to say, but I'm gonna say it. Because that's the name of the board game that we played. It was it was a fun game. It's 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 genuinely a great game. And then, you know, we, we played this board game and I got to know Vulcan, I got to know Fudge and, you know, some point in time that we're going to reconnect somehow, you know, because esports is small. And sometimes you run into people, it's like, yo, I hope that we work together together. Like, I hope we work together one day again. And I have many players and people like that, you know. And those are the relationship that... Uh, really whew, are really great I'm trying to remember what happened I think Sven was, was Hitler once Niski was Hitler once like that was he was, he was the worst you know like <laughs> Niski was playing this board game with us and basically there's two teams there's fascists and then there's liberals and in the fascist team there's also one Hitler the fascists know who the fascists are. Hitler doesn't know who the fascists are. And then the liberals don't know anything. So the, the point of the game is everyone is trying to pretend that they are liberals. Right? So we're trying to find... It's like Among Us, right? It's, 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 it's Among Us. And then Nitsky had this so obvious tell. Because whenever he was fascist, he was really engaged in the game and really excited. When he was liberal... He would just go on his phone. I don't have a phone. This is just a wallet. He just went on his phone and just... Uh, I don't know what kind of phone does this, but... And... Um, whenever he was liberal, he would just... do nothing. Like Nisky. And then Blabber, man. Blabber, does, Blabber is, is a psychological genius, this man. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I don't know where I'm going with the story. I, uh, the thing is, I want to say that you know we're all connected somehow in esports. When you when you have uh, like uh, there's been certain points in time that, that I've met someone or something, work with someone, and then you know usually the people that you want to hold on to and work with are people that are gonna last because they share the same ideals as you. And my ideals are, I want to fucking build a legacy. I want to fucking annihilate and, con you know, become the best version of myself in this game for 20 more years, you know, 30 more years until the day I die, you know. And those those ideals and values of pushing yourself and, and reaching that perfection, these are these ideals and values that you value, of course, in others too. And then eventually I know these people are gonna be in esports for so long and, and, and the past will eventually cross again you know what the Amaro is saying is that he will die yeah I will okay 
I'm going to whisper into your ears. Let's uh, talk world championship. All right. So, what do you guys want to talk about when it comes to worlds? Uh, like from the point of view as as a viewer and me as a avid league enjoyer. Uh, Chad meme insert. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you guys want to uh, talk about? So, my opinion on that one is that um, draft-wise, they seem the absolute most flexible, which is very dangerous. I think they are very open-minded to beating champions that are considered very strong in the meta. So, that one uh, played against, of course, uh, Mad Lions. They invited the... Um, Aphelios pick and the thing is Aphelios has been doing so fucking good due to the fact of whatever else is in the meta right Aphelios is a champion that has clear weaknesses and very clear strengths you can argue that his numbers are absolutely broken which is completely fair and I think that's fine I think Aphelios is very strong but Aphelios has been doing a lot better because mages are not so prevalent so Damwon did this beautiful thing of inviting the Aphelios pick, and then all of a sudden they actually pick champions that are good into it, right? Imagine you're playing Aphelios, which is a champion that's being first picked in a lot of games. If you think of T1 as a team that is going to pick Aphelios, which most likely, most, like, most likely they're going to do, right? Then you could imagine Damwon being the team to lock the Syndra, to, to lock the GP, to pick the champions that are going to actively try to fuck him in the bum. Right, and that's something that is so important to highlight because that adaptability is going to be so important. I think also people want to look at Damon's bot lane as some kind of severe weakness, but I think they've actually performed decently well. Right, I think they've done well. I think Beryl specifically has played pretty damn good, and then Canyon is clean as ever. And it's 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 harder for me to go into a series against Damon and think that there is going to be a very certain way of preparing and then beating them. I think any team that starts a series knowing that you have the better mid 2v2, mid 3v3, that is so lethal because it allows you to cover for weaknesses and also cover for the enemy's strengths. So for me, Damwon is the winner against T1. T1 has some fucking insane individual power some like sick potential there because when we were scrimming against T1 this was a team that was very fucking tough for us to beat very tough for us to beat that one we fucking beat them over and over again because we like like Fnatic is, is specialists in fucking bot lanes you know so we, we we were doing very well against that one but once again it's scrims right don't put too much weight onto scrims I believe that one is going to win worlds that's just how how it comes across to me right now. They they are so crisp, very clean. Khan is doing super super well. Showmaker and Canyon. I don't think anyone comes close in terms of their precision in two v two and three v three and just contesting space over and over, making everyone play. You know. And um, 
that's it. Think just in terms of preparation, I also think that one is going to do better. What's going to happen? So basically, the idea is what everyone's asking: Why is everyone giving Aphelios to Bruder Musas Gumuyushi? Because they know that Lucian is waiting right behind it. Gumuyushi Lucian is dangerous. Watch that guy in solo. He's fucking Biggie Smalls. So I can run the Berettas, putting all them holes in your sweaters, the money getters. You know, this guy is, is, is really, really good. In, in no, no shape or form is this guy like an Aphelios one trick. But Damas have a team to invite the Aphelios and then beat the Aphelios. Right? So that's exciting. But I think Damas going to take it. Like 3-1 is, is, is a fair prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised in the world was also 3-0. The tricky thing with Daman too is in best of fives, many more aspects of your play become tested. And those aspects, when it comes to how they play the mid game, how Daman play a defensive game, meaning that, you know, how they set up traps and how they contest space and vision and how they find those opportunities is really fucking good too and that one got pushed a little bit against Matt and they were ready to fucking swing really ready to swing and that is also one of the weaknesses of T1 T1 win a lot of games where they take over early and they do that really fucking well and then you know their mid game and late game isn't something you know that like if, if I'm sitting down and I'm trying to you know improve my knowledge on on how to to play macro wise from behind from ahead I'm looking at that one. That one right now is the standard, and uh, T1 will have to get really huge advantages in order to to beat that one. Upset and Nilly can compete with the best board lanes in the world. They showed it during the bootcamp. No problem at all. What about the underperformance of FPX? So the LPL in, as, as a whole, they have a lot of teams that consist of specialists. Specialist meaning that there's an overarching, you know, meta-reliance, so to speak. When you have so many teams in the region and there's teams that peak and fall, depending on what's going on, right? There was a massive meta-shift coming into uh, Worlds for everybody. Graves, range champions, top Graves, Cannon... You know, uh, Jace meta top side. There's uh, the, the mid laners, which is TF, Rise, LB. Uh, you know, of course, these champions showed up every now and then, right? There's Enchantress in the bot lane, Yumi, a lot of Felios play. There's Nami, Lucian. Like, there was a lot of new champions were introduced, right? And And this is something that I believe... LPL teams that are successful, often, you know, you see uh, you see teams like whoever's on top is shifting quite heavily, right? In my mind, T1 
teams that had have the strength to to navigate b- between different metas was RNG and EDG because their their player quality is 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 very high, right? And then FBX, of course, they had the injury, which is you know uh, very tricky to to even discuss because I can't imagine what they went through, right? But I'm just looking at LPL's history as a whole, right? And when you have that many teams and whoever is at the top changes so so frequently, you have to also see the trend and the pattern of, of, of meta-reliance, right? I feel very, very bad for FPX. And all in all, you know, every team is going through their own issues. Every team is going through their own problems and we will never understand the same way now, I can't even make you guys understand the context of what we went through at Fnatic, right? I can't. I can just give you bits and pieces. You guys will not have the full context ever, right? And we don't have the full context of what's going, what went down in FPX. I think NA did fine, you know. I think NA had uh, had a decent showing. I, I I don't think. I don't necessarily feel like the, the the certain elements and things that I saw from NA, like some of the NA teams do. But all in all, like I I, I don't think it's fair to put them in a box, right? It's not fair to put. Like everyone says, region, but in the end, we are not similar. We, we, like. Sure, contextually, there's there's similarities between us and Mad and, and and Rogue, but in the end, it's like, you know, focus on the team instead of like saying the whole region. And I think, and did fine. I think NA did okay. I I think C9 was good. They did well, right? I think on the thieves did did fine. TL did fine, right? I think it is what it is was the strongest scrim team the toughest one to beat was just t1 in scrims like na is beginning to stack up some really fucking good uh residents like fucking Code JJ being a resident is fucking great. Jensen, Bjergsen. You know, they have some, some decent junglers over there in the pool. Uh, like, uh, the, the list is uh, becoming long. And then for the other best of five, EDG versus Genji, I believe EDG is just a lot more precise as a team. And... Um, I believe that uh, they're going to take it. I think Genji, like BDD is really fucking good, but the requirement for him to gap people is pretty fucking immense, you know? And I think 
The other players are very reliant on very specific picks to find success in the jungle, in the top lane. And I think that is going to come at a liability. Another thing that is tricky for Genji is uh, they haven't, they are banning Leblanc, they're banning TF on both sides. They're also banning Yumi on both sides, as far as I remember. And that is a big uh, red flag at this point in the tournament. But if they figure that out, Maybe they can fight back a little bit, but if they're banning those champs both sides, it's an uphill battle. Because Scout on Leblanc is a dangerous, dangerous man. What's your thoughts on Faker? Faker's fucking brilliant. This player's really, really fucking good. Really, really good. He gains a lot of information on the map, doesn't die to ganks, lanes pretty fucking well too. Like, Faker is just a fucking great player, still. Really fucking good. People. People think, yo, uh, Faker, you have to, like, people People are comparing the current Faker to the Faker that was so fucking far ahead of everybody else. Right now, Faker can hang with the absolute best. And that's fucking great too, man. He can play against Chovy, can play against Showmaker, play against BDD, can play against Scout. And you're not going to feel like, yo, uh, the enemy mid lane is better. No fucking way. No fucking way. I think Chovy is, in terms of lane, he's really fucking impressive. Really fucking impressive. But in terms of complete players, you know, there's, there's better, you know? Zabatine says that he's even better than before, but the level's higher. Of course he's better than before. Everyone's better than before. You can't just be the same. You improve. But then we, we move on to the part of the conversation. It's like, yo, but Showmaker has Canyon. And Canyon is also one of the best players in the world, if not, but maybe the best player in the world, right? So it is, um, at that point, the conversation becomes very theoretical. But Showmaker has very good game sense. He knows how to win games very well. And I like that a lot. A player that makes your team connect is very important and it's something that is undervalued. They're giving your support the space to connect, give, playing with that information, leveraging that information and, and, and maintaining this, this rhythm in the game. Is, there's, there's skill and class to that. But in the end, League of Legends is a game where everyone's affected by everyone. But Chovy lane phase is fucking good. If there was a 1v1 tournament tomorrow, I'll put my money on Chobi. It's just the conversation is 
there's there's things that are far more important than CS advantages. But CS advantages are still very important. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But that other thing that I'm talking about, it's not solely the responsibility of one player. That's why it's a very tough conversation to have. All right, finally, I want to open up the topic of um, off-season. What are you guys uh, thinking about off-season? Is there anything that uh, you guys uh, want me to comment on? Obviously, guys, I am a professional. So you're not going to get any leaked information here. Bjergsen. A Bjergsen leaving TSM is a big one. You know, I, I, I reacted on this channel in this room on the Bjergsen retirement video and I was in shock. I was in awe. But um, I know Bjergsen is the type of man who does what he feels he needs to do because this man has earned that right to choose. Bjergsen is, um, is a machine, right? He has many open doors, many opportunities due to the hard work that he's put in over his long-ass career. This is also a man that I played with back in Season 2 for a short stint. He was called XL Bjergsen because he, he came from XL and then moved from EU Nordic East to, to EU West. There's this Anivia one trick, fan of Froggen. Ooh. And, um, yeah... It's exciting to see where he comes next. You know, it's like the he's, he's an exciting player. So there's this rumor about uh, about uh, hmm. just reading chat. What do you think about Wunder and Mickey kicked by G two? I found that very crazy. So of course I don't know too much details. But in my mind, I hope that the financial gain of, of, of G2 won't be the priority in, uh, in G2's decision-making here in the off-season. I'm saying hope, but probably it won't be the case because businesses have to be sociopaths. Sociopathic? They have to only think about gains, right? But in my mind, these guys have done so much for fucking G2 that um, they deserve so much more. Mickey, Wunder, machines can still compete to be the best players in their position. Don't fucking... Uh, don't get it fucking twisted over a year. 
they have uh, a couple of years in the bank in my mind whoever is going to get uh, Mickey and Wunder can consider themselves very happy and lucky very good players Reckless 2 Reckless 2 What do you think about Perks coming back? Well, if he's coming back to Europe, it's it's a big, big plus for Europe. Europe should uh, rejoice in that fact. Player like Perks makes the region better. Honestly, I see me talking about off-season shit. It's such a minefield. Off-season will be what it is. The things that I know are interesting and fun, but uh, yeah. Honestly, what are we doing here, man? I'm not fucking Travis Gafford, man. So let's just end, uh, end the stream here, man. I'm not LEC Wulu. I'm not Bloop GG. I'm not Jacob Wolf. I'm not evil Jacob Wolf. I'm not uh, any of these people. So just go to those channels. Fuck it. How do we know you're not evil Jacob Wolf? Well, because I know Evil Jacob Wolf personally, actually. Rumor. Yamada Cannon will have a great time in 2022. Yes, indeed. Yes, I will. Talk about your new Berlin apartment. I don't fucking know where I would live. My landlord is a grade A piece of shit. That only thinks about money. 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 Only thinks about money. Only thinks about money. You think there's good landlords in Berlin? Ooh, that's why I want to become a landlord. I want to become a landlord and invoke my anger upon the other landlords. I'm going to buy the house that they live in. And landlord the shit out of them. And only talk to them in this voice. We all know you, Wulu. Nah, it's such a fucking, such a stupid thing. I have no respect for this shit. This guy is just hiding his identity. Fucking LEC Wulu. Fucking toying with people. And he's fucking hiding his identity. Fuck that shit, man. This is some snake shit, man. Snake shit. What did Ditto do? LEC Ditto is a bot, man. Yo, this guy followed this guy. Who fucking cares? So what on earth are you doing with yourself? 
Biotic Zillion is a homie. Biotic Zillion is a homie. He hooked us up with some Zillion tips. I love talking to people that are so engulfed in, in like their champion and they're like. LEC Ditto is a huge mess. Who fuck? Who cares? <laughs> Ditto. All in all, you know, I want to end on the note that uh, life challenges you in just the right amount, you know, that allows you to push yourself and just reflect on it and, and, and get better and get stronger, you know. I also want to... Shit, what, what did I want to say? I, fucking, I didn't eat yet, so I'm losing my train of thought. It's a good time to leave. Shit. Oh, yes. You know, our human mind is not developing at the same pace as our world. It isn't. Not at all. You can see that in everything, right? We are designed to consume for survival. We're required to consume information for survival. We're required to consume foods for survival. Is what our genes and how our genes have programmed us, right? And in the past, these inclinations and these instincts were very useful. You lived in a village, 20 people there. You know, that man at the corner, this man is uh, a very bad man. He feeds the local children poisonous mushrooms. Then it spreads, right? That piece of information spreads, negative information. Ooh, ooh. Might be a part of... Um, you know, it might be necessary for my survival to know this piece of information. It spreads, right? That's why I react to negative things so so harshly. It's like, oh, negative information. I want that. The drama. Ooh. Information spreading. Ooh, this is juicy. I need to find out what, what's going on here, right? But nowadays, ish, Twitter. I think Twitter is natural. I think this medium is natural. Me talking to you guys and you guys just showing messages on the screen. It's not natural at all. Twitter is not real life. Twitter is not real world. And Twitter is also something that has hacked our biology, right? It's fucking pulling us in. Wants us to, like, there's this dopamine, you know? You press your notifications. Press your notifications. You, pre you press that little bell. Oh, you see new tweets. Mmm, new tweets. Completely useless. See, some people liked your tweet. Uh, oh, they liked me out the tweet. Oh, I just want to open it again. I just want to open it again and again and again. Oh, I got a notification. Once again, 
so many things in our society have hacked the the, the human biology in order for us to consume more and more. And I just want to tell you guys, be careful with it. Our minds are really fucking powerful. Allow yourself to have thoughts. Allow yourself to do nothing. Just just take some time and do nothing. Take an hour today and do nothing. See where your mind takes you. You get to face yourself. You get to you become creative. You begin to have thoughts again. It feels good. It feels great. It feels really good. Same with food, right? Like there's these foods that are fucking just designed for us to just fucking stuff ourselves, you know? This fucking these these foods are designed for us to eat more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Just consume. Be careful with yourself. Don't fall into the world of just consuming shit that is designed to 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 fuck with your biology, you know? Because it's not the right way. It's not the right inclination. You can send me that uh, album, Tahoe Illustration. Go ahead. Consume and adapt. Fucking Kazix uh, quotes in the chat. Is it Kazix? Is it? I believe it's Kazix, right? All right. Catch you guys on the flippity flop, yeah? All the best. Thank you so much for coming. Who do we host before we leave? Who do we host? This time Let's hold Zico. We're hosting Zico. Zico for the win. He's playing Diablo, man. Zico's the man, guys. <laughs>